Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, and All Black coaching appointment is not good for the All Blacks heading into the 2023 Rugby World Cup, which is now... Not too far away, 200-odd days away. He said that uh, this timeline shouldn't be dictated to by others. Uh, he's also gone on to say, quite extraordinarily, on uh, the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB today that he doesn't think he's going to be the coach um, after this process is all done and dusted. Extraordinary comments uh, from a man who quite clearly wants to be the coach, is the coach, and has a very big job to do. But this has felt messy from the start. It's not as if it didn't have their issues last year. They had an opportunity to either fully back Ian Foster or not. I thought it was a pretty tepid response from New Zealand Rugby at the time. Ultimately, Scott Robertson picked for his team during the original process to appoint a new black coach after 2019, Leon McDonald and Jason Ryan. Leon McDonald's deemed good enough by NZR to be coaching NZA, and Jason Ryan's already an all-black coach. You would think that a guy like Scott Robertson might have the march, but certainly the people he picked in his team have now been picked up by NZR and they still are no closer to making a decision about who their coach going forward after 2023 World Cup's going to be. Uh, Wynne Gray now joins us. Um, Wynne, you're, you're probably as confused as I am, although I doubt that. You've never been as confused as I am. Uh, what is going on with this organisation? Oh, mate, it's just a continuation of the uh, confusion that seems to have been operating since they uh, hired more and more staff. <laughs> when a lot changed in your time as a journalist with rugby, and I had the pleasure of seeing your face around games and, of course, around the training paddocks as well. Um, has it ever been this bad? Has it ever felt this connected, this disconnected, from A, the people covering the sport, and B, those who are following it? Oh, that's a pretty big question. There have been lots of times of confusion, believe me. (laughs) Um, uh, Ever since I started covering the sport seriously, uh, there have been many times when uh, Mm. uh, the confusion was widespread. Uh, I mean, it, it, it... from the very early days when it just used to operate as as a small board with Barry Asmar as a secretary, <laughs> uh, things were nicely contained. But once the game became more popular, it, it inevitably, uh, the number of administrators and officials and every other bit of the organisation grew. And with that, you get... Um, all, all sorts of problems, and I think it's just mushroomed into where it is these these days. When you say popular, do you mean more professional? Because uh, I would put to you the game's less popular now than it once was uh, in terms of the rural engagement with teams and the number of people actually playing the game. Uh, yes, probably right. Um, I mean, uh, people of my generation sort of can take it or leave it uh, these days. Uh, the game is just far too confusing. The laws are a complete ass uh, and uh, how you're supposed to try and understand the game when the referees and officials seem to have difficulty is mm. beyond me. When uh, 
what's the current situation on the coaches? Is it a case of obviously depending on where you lie and where you sit as the applicant uh, makes it the ideal time for this announcement to happen? Uh, is it just people sort of trying to make their bed a little bit easier to lie in as far as uh, self-interest, I guess, would be the, the easiest way to put it? Well, I guess, yeah, the, the self-interest is there. The, the would-be coaches would like an announcement or a, or a signal early, wouldn't they? <laughs> and, the, and the rugby union preferably would like to wait, but I think uh, the amount of pressure that's coming on them, they appear to think that they have to make a decision. And, of course, the incumbent, Ian Foster, is, is left in the middle of all this mess. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, the whole thing has been a shambles. Because clearly if it's announced pre-World Cup, it's not Foster, is yeah. it? Well, you wouldn't think so. No. But who would who would know with the rugby union? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess what, what's extraordinary today is um, Ian Foster's obviously taken his opportunity win to come out and he's approached Gregor Paul, who, was, um, who worked under you for some time at, at New Zealand Herald. Um, he's chosen his outlets today. Um, he's gone a yep. sort of one foul swoop, which is not surprising. He's gone after what I'd say that the biggest outlets in the country to, I guess, air his grievances. Would that be a fair enough assessment? And and do you think that he had to do that, or is this the sign of of someone who's rather desperate to get a few people back in his corner? Well, uh, like it or not, I've, uh, for, unfortunately, like unlike you guys who have to keep up with the play. These days, it is not part of my brief, I'm afraid. <laughs> so I wouldn't really have a clue what's going on other than I see Ian Foster has spoken to Gregor Paul. Now, I would presume that's either uh, through Gregor ringing him and asking his opinion, should he be allowed? And he'd probably have to jump 50 hurdles and go through 40 well, people well, he to be actually, able to he, speak to he, Ian Foster. Sorry to interrupt you. When Gregor actually said today yeah. in an interview that, that it was Ian Foster who approached him, that he initiated the conversation. Okay. Yeah. Righto. Well, uh, there you go. Uh, that That's a change. Mm. Most coaches wouldn't have a bar of journalists, would they? But <laughs> obviously, uh, uh, obviously uh, Ian Foster felt that uh, he needed to air whatever he was saying and... Mm. Uh, rang someone whose number he had in his book. He wouldn't have had the numbers of anyone else. So uh, away he goes. But, you know. Yeah, he's blocked a few of us. No, I don't know that yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, mm. but, you know, I mean, everyone plays the game. And this yeah. it's always been a game within a game, believe mm. me. Mm. From mm. the time when I started uh, to the time when I finished, there were games within games. And if coaches liked certain journalists they were going to use them to the fullest extent mm. and if they didn't like certain journos then those journalists were going to give the coach a bit of a kicking and so there's the game of two halves within the media if you like where do you see this ending um just with with your i guess your, your fan hat on or your experience mm. hat on what is the likeliest outcome here? That New Zealand rugby make a decision uh, that it's probably a rush decision, that it probably makes no sense, or do they they do what they've done so often and ignore the outside world and ignore the noise and um, and go straight down the line and the way they want to do it and then post-rationalise it after? 
Well, they have to they have to work out for themselves. Uh, do we need to uh, make any signals now? Do we need to make any decision? And B, uh, if we do or don't, what is the likelihood of us having access to some decent coach or coaching group uh, mm-hmm. that we need to go on after this next World Cup campaign? That, only they can decide that. They're the ones who presumably uh, know about coaches' contracts around the world, mm-hmm. whether the NZRFU has got a dollar fifty left in the bank to, to be able to pay <laughs> someone some more money. Um, you know, it's, it's all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But clearly, uh, they've, made a, they've made a mess of it. But also, uh, I wouldn't be listening too much to the media or the public either. The, the rugby union has to run the game as they see fit and get on with it. Mm. Tell us about uh, you, Wynn. Um, you missed around the scenes. Your writing certainly missed on the game and the way you covered the game and uh, your approach to it. Um, what's been happening since you, since you left the good ship Mother Herald? Oh, well, there's a big wide world out there outside Mother Hill, you know. <laughs> Lots of things to, to be doing. Have you, you been know, bowling? Like, have you been bowling? Take take today to... I haven't been drinking, but let's take today, for example. There was, there was a hedge that I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it was straight. Look, a scant at a challenge. <laughs> that, that's taken me a fair part of the day. So there's... There are lots of things to do, and believe me, they all take a little, little more time than they used to in the past. But I, but I do that. I play a bit of bowls. Yeah. I watch a bit of footy occasionally. I enjoy life. I mean, it's great. Do you miss it, Wynn? I need to ask you that. Do you miss the day in, day out, the deadlines, the pressure of, of having those stories and the access that you had to have in order to do the job? Well, I tried to make my own access. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. That was one of the secrets to working in my job. I, I had to ignore the fact that there were restraints uh, and that people tried to either gag, stop you doing things. That was half of the challenge to me. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I loved. And I must say that for 90% of my working life, I looked forward to going to work every day. And so I... I consider myself extremely fortunate to have had a job that I that was kind to me, uh, and so to that I, I missed it for a little while. But I can tell you now, having seen a lot of the what the media uh, delivers, both on television and on radio and in newspapers, and purports to be news or comment. I just roll my eyes and think, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love having the chance to have a chat to you today. And finally, the last question, because uh, this is the million-dollar one or maybe two million, depending on the going rate for a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. the next All Blacks coach win? Oh, God, absolutely no idea. <laughs> Wouldn't have a clue. Uh, and, and to be quite honest, it, it doesn't worry me. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that they get it right. I think there are any number of very good candidates, believe me. Uh, it's, not, it's not confined to just one person or two people. There are. That's it. He's been got to. He's been got to. The very people. The very people he said would get to him, they've got to him. He's still there, Win. We've lost you. 
Well, Win Gray, anyway, we we've got him back. I think you're still there, Win. Yes. We were worried. We were worried that somehow someone had got your phone and snipped the cord. <laughs> someone, someone got me early. Yeah. Okay. No, no. All well. Thank you. Uh, great to talk to you, mate. Enjoy the bowls and uh, enjoy a life of contentment. And uh, again, reiterate, um, you know, your your lifetime's work is, is certainly a body to be treasured. And I think we will uh, more so over time, um, given the fact that that kind of in-depth reporting is still so crucial in professional sport. Wynne Gray joining us.